Hey everyone, and welcome to the Unlocking Growth Show, the podcast where we help businesses unlock the next level of growth. I'm your host, Gary, CEO and co-founder of Whale, a solution that empowers teams with the knowledge and training they need to succeed. As an entrepreneur, I understand the challenges of scaling a business, and I'm excited to share my insights and those of my successful guests from around the world to help take your business to new heights. So sit back, relax, and get ready to level up your business game with Unlocking Growth. Hey everyone, I've got Nancy with me today. Nancy is the author of the Advisory Playbook, which is the five steps to having an engaged and effective advisory board. Nancy, welcome on the show. Great to have you here. So happy to be here. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. So let's dive right in, Nancy. If you had 60 seconds on the clock and you had to explain to people what your playbook is about, what would that sound like? I believe that advisory boards are one of the most misunderstood and underutilized powerful business tools out there. And it's really about managing this external team. So you have your advisors and your investors, especially for startups and fast growing businesses. This is something that I see on pitch decks all the time. Here's my picture of my advisory board. But the question is, are they truly adding value? And that's the question in a lot of investors' minds, too, when they do see these pitch decks. So I felt that there was an opportunity to help end the confusion. In fact, people are so confused about advisory boards. There's actually a strategic advisory board. Then there's a customer advisory board, which is really important for having those conversations with your customers and understanding what's truly going to drive value, especially if you're building software products and things like that. Then there's the not-for-profit advisory board, which I feel is often very badly, or it could be much more intentional about how they bring people to the table and how they onboard them, because that's a volunteer board. And lastly, there's this idea of a peer advisory board or an old-style mastermind, where six to eight business owners get together, collaborate on every month and you have hot seats. So everything's a little bit different. And when I saw the confusion, I just felt I had to help um, fix that problem. (laughs) That sounds great. So it sounds like this is intended to basically any type of business. Is that true? Or did you have someone or a type of person or a type of business in mind when writing the playbook? And ultimately, what's the impact or the value that people can expect from reading and following the playbook? So originally, I was focusing on small to medium-sized businesses. That would be like the $5 million to about 100 to $200 million company. I was working with the Business Development Bank of Canada, and they were talking about advisory boards and also strategy. And um, yeah, that was who I had started intended to because there's this amazing statistic that less than 6% of small to medium-sized businesses have formalized advisory boards. And the ones that do are seeing literally triple the amount of revenues, double the amount of productivity, which is a huge impact on profitability. I was also working in a startup space, and that's where I really saw that situation where people understand, like talk about advisory boards under all the time but don't run but don't run them properly and are not getting the, the engagement and the maximum value of putting amazing people who want to support them 
around a table instead of doing PowerPoint, PowerPoint, what do you guys think? If you Once you get these advisors and investors around the table, you want to dive right in and you want them to help you solve critical challenges that you're having in your business at that time. So that all sounds great in theory. So how do you put that into practice? In other words, what are some of the practical things you can share with our listeners? What are some of the key steps in your playbooks and strategies onto building an effective advisory board that adds value? So I do have a five-step process that I know you like the five steps. So number one is really, what is the purpose? Why are you putting together this advisory board? Do you need advice? Do you need funding? Or do you need access? Because sometimes it's all three, but I like to help at least have an understanding of what those prioritizations are, because that's going to really impact step number two, which is the players. Who are you going to bring to the table? A lot of times people will find a subject matter expert, but a big name, ask them, and they really don't do anything and they overcompensate them up front. So one of my secret sauces is building what I call a bit of a war room based on categories. So I like the, the organization to do a bit of a SWAT on what they need based on funding, access and advice. And then we'll set up categories. Oh, is it like social media marketing? Is it manufacturing or whatever those specific categories are? Then we brainstorm five or six people within that circle of influence or your six degrees of separation, who could fulfill that role and prioritize them based on their experience, expertise, and contacts. The other thing that I've really been pushing for now is to think about having a diversity of thought at that table. So sometimes it's not going to be always the usual suspects. You can, might want to like sh play with the status quo a bit. And then I go into now that we know who we want on the, sitting around the table, how do we invite them? So there's a very specific way of why them, why you, why now, and then the compensation and making sure that the compensation uh, is vested over time. So yeah. I'm usually like to say, mm, three-year term for one advisory board because you're, we're gonna, your company is going to look in three years. Those same advisors might not be relevant. And mm -hmm. again, have certain milestones, which I know you're really good at helping people put together, and then having share stock or stop options vested at that time. So you see that a lot in startups. So if I had to back up one step, which is selecting your advisors, is there like a qualification process that you would put into play? Because think of it along the lines when you hire someone new on your team, you've got all these conversations with them to make sure it's a good fit. Would you advise to go the same route with an advisor, like kind of vet them on, is this going to be a good fit culturally? Are you going to challenge me enough for you to add value? What would a process look like once you've build mapped outs. These are the advisors with the thoughts and the angle of yeah. thoughts that I want in. Like, how do you make sure you've got the right person at that table? I think it's a little bit different because you're, you're not hiring someone, you're asking someone to come in and help you. So mm -hmm. you've already vetted them a little bit. One of my pieces of advice is that 
the closer that person is, because I'm sure Gary, like you and all the companies that you work with, there's at least seven, eight, nine highly successful people that have mentored you, put their arms around you, helped you out. But when you and I are together, we create a third brain. Now imagine getting six or seven people from a very specific different backgrounds, all collaborating together to solve, to help you solve your biggest current challenges yeah there is a, a there is a bit of a but you do it up up front and for instance if there's one linchpin one really successful person that you know other people would want to sit around the table then my advice is usually invite them first mm-hmm. and then use that fact that they're already on your advisory board to invite the other people but it's more of an invitation than it is a job like hiring someone So in that invitation, you can let them know what those expectations, because so many people want to give back, but they want to do it in a structured way. They don't necessarily, they want to know how much time, what's it going to take. And then, and it's actually amazing how many advisory boards, they just love the founders and the business owners, and they just want to give back. And sometimes they charge nothing except for a nice dinner. Sometimes we're talking about, two points of your whole business split between about eight people. Okay. So it's more about do your homework, research the right people that you want in your board, and then just make sure that the expectations are aligned. A bit like this podcast, right? We briefed you beforehand. This is what we want to do. The expectations were aligned and coming in as an advisor, this is what's going to be expected of me. And you as a founder or entrepreneur can expect that is what they're going to add as value. I do. I am known for visual thinking. So canvases, mapping, stickies, design thinking, prototyping your business idea and validating it before you spend a lot of money. And then gamification. How do you add fun play to up the engagement? So the the war room that I'm talking about when we start thinking about who your advisors are going to be is very visual with all the categories on the wall, all the people, and then different selection criteria. And so you can go through and in a matrix move people up and down based on whether or not they said yes or based on those criteria about who's got the best experience, expertise. And who cares the most, really? Yeah. So then the next P is preparation. And like, obviously, you want to get them all. Once you've opened the part of this is also being willing to open your kimono and letting people see the good, the bad, and the ugly. You prepare them with all your financials, your strategic plans, everything that you have. But more importantly, one of my secret sauces is these challenge statements. So I recommend one to three challenge statements. What are the biggest issues that we need to solve right now? And when your advisors come into, hopefully now after COVID, we can go sit around a boardroom table because really that's where the magic happens, but you can still get a lot of value virtually if need be. But I recommend like one in-person meeting a year, maybe one virtual meeting a year, and then two one-hour one-on-ones with the specific experts when you expertise. But I do like to have everybody together because, again, that's why I said that when the magic happens. So that's a big part of preparation is having those challenge statements. Then the next one is planning which is the actual meeting itself in the book that's 
part of the book as well. If you're going to have this meeting, it's going to be the most important meeting of your, your business. So don't F it up. And it's all about variety of different facilitation techniques. Some of them I just went over, but preparation, facilitation, I highly recommend that if you're going to make this investment and you're going to have that quality of people around the table for that first in-person meeting, really bring in a professional facilitator, because I believe that the founder or the business owner has to be at the table, fully engaged with, as a peer with their advisors. They can't be writing stickies and putting them on the thing. So what, one of my superpowers is that actual reverse engineering of the act of the meeting and the exercises that are going to get the outcomes that you're looking for based on the challenge statements that mm. you So I love to design and facilitate, but there's a whole section in the book about how to do that and maybe bring in someone else from your organization who has been facilitation skills. But that's my biggest piece of advice is any business owner or founder should be 100% engaged at the table as a peer with their advisors. Uh, and then... Okay. I like, yeah, I like the parts where you need to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We struggled with this in the beginning when we attracted, so we attracted venture capitalist funds, and so we had we we brought on board at the same time two people in on our boards who act as advisors at the same time, and so we had to really find that balance between. We're not going to share. We did it monthly. We're not going to share like only the good news every month, but we're also not going to share just the bad because ultimately they're also there with their money. So you need to keep selling them on, hey, we're doing a good job. But here are our challenges because ultimately, if you're not going to tell them what you're struggling with, they can add, cannot add value. If everything goes well, what are we doing here? Great. Keep going. Making that balance and preparing, which I love and let them... I think in on, hey, here are some of the challenges. So per, perhaps they can think beforehand on, okay, this is what you're facing. Here is what I prepared on my end for uh, as possible solutions or as a way to think about it is great advice. I think you have one more tip for us, I Nancy. I do, Let's... and here's actually a perfect segue, which is performance. And how do you let your advisors and investors know have you taken their ideas and incorporated them into your strategy? And like you say, celebrating some of the successes, some of the milestones that, that you collaborated or co-created together. And what's really cool about that is that they become even more invested just in you and your company. And then I love the quote from Nolan Bushnell, who was like the only guy who ever hired Steve Jobs. He was the Atari, Chuck E. Cheese, the guy's brilliant. But he said, if you get us engaged and invested enough, then your company becomes our conversation at the water fountain with our peers. And so, yeah, that performance piece, that having communications plan, to let them know what you're doing, how you're doing. And as I said, that one-on-one, -on -one, when you're setting up the expectations, that's when you can really dive a little bit deeper into getting helping a very specific. As I said from the very beginning, it's, do you need funding? Do you need advice? Or do you need access? Because sometimes it's just that one introduction, game changer. So what I like to say is like using that, that five-step process, uh, and understanding what an advisory board can do for you and understanding what types of advisory boards are, it's a win. So the founder or business owner wins because literally they 
compressed timelines like you wouldn't believe. They eliminate costly mistakes, but even more, they expand their circle of influence and the people that support them. The advisors win because they get to give back, but they do it in a structured way that's not where they know what's expected of them. And they and everybody wants to give back, but they because they get an opportunity to sit around a table with people that they might not otherwise done business. And then when you can see how other people think, I've just seen some really wonderful collaborations amongst the advisors as well. Awesome. So to summarize, the five steps that are outlined in your playbook are uh, make sure you understand, first of all, the purpose of your advisor board. What is the outcome you're looking for? What is the value you're hoping to get from them? Then go and select your advisors. Make sure you you do your homework. There's a lot of exercises, as I understand it, in your playbook to make sure that you come up with the names that you want to attract. Go and look for the compensation that works. Obviously, again, multiple options there from, I assume, flat fees to stock option plans, ideally vested over time, like you shared. So there's that engagement over time as well, up to three years. Prepare your boards, make sure expectations are aligned, that you've briefed them well, and that you can go in together with with the same challenge exactly and then ultimately ensure that the performance that works so get the value that you had originally intended from there and ultimately okay, that's so going to help you is the planning which is the actual design and of the meeting to make sure that people are engaged and that you get the outcomes so yeah so the purpose the players the preparation the planning and then the performance Fantastic. Nancy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your playbook. Oh, my pleasure. If you love the show, feel free to leave a review so other people can find it. Also, check out our blog for additional resources. Just sign up on usewhale.io slash blog. Until next time. <laughs>